Welcome to Matters of Fact. I'm Christian Esguera. Today on the program, we're going to talk about the designation of 19 individuals as terrorists by the Anti-Terrorism Council. Let's talk about the process that led to that designation, whether due process was observed, and we'll also talk about the questions regarding that process being done by the ATC. Quarantine restrictions in the so-called NCR Plus bubble has been eased. President Rodrigo Duterte has approved placing Metro Manila, Laguna, and Rizal under the general community quarantine classification, but with heightened restrictions starting this weekend until the end of May. Under the new classification, only essential travel in and out of the NCR Plus areas will be allowed. Indoor dine-in services are also permitted at 20% capacity, outdoor dining at 50%, now, outdoor tourist attractions can be open at 30% capacity as well. But entertainment venues like bars, amusement parks, as well as indoor sports and tourist attractions are still prohibited to operate. Religious gatherings and gatherings for necrological services and funerals, on the other hand, are allowed at 10% of the venue's capacity. The government first placed Metro Manila and nearby areas under modified enhanced community quarantine, the second strictest lockdown on April 12th. That's due to a rise in COVID-19 infections in those areas. Cases have declined since, but some hospitals have said that's not enough to ease restrictions. Now, as if two spokespersons weren't enough, the uh, controversial anti-insurgency task force earlier this week added six more. It's a move criticized by several lawmakers. So now uh, talk with one of the new spokespersons of the NTF LCAC, Communications Undersecretary Joel uh, C. Egko. Good morning, uh, Mr. Undersecretary, and thank you for joining us on the program. Yes, good morning, Christian, and uh, it's an honor uh, actually to be invited here again. No, and good morning to all our Kababayans uh, who are watching us right now. Okay, great to have you back, uh, Mr. Undersecretary. First, why the need for six spokespersons for the NTF LCAC? Well, actually, kulang pa yan. <laughs> In the next uh, few days, uh, the NTFL TAC will uh, be announcing no, the uh, designation of more spokespersons in the regions. No, uh, uh, Besides the national spokespersons, including me, there are eight of us right now. Uh, there will be uh, regional spokespersons for uh, the regional uh, task forces of ELCA. So, kasi ang ating... Principle dito is that uh, one message, well, a thousand messengers, no, uh, or a thousand voices with uh, the same uh, line of messaging. So, isa lang naman ang messaging natin dito, eh, no? So, which is uh, to, which is what? Which is well to end local communist armed conflict. And how That's many more spokes? How, how many more spokespersons will be added? Ah, uh, on uh, the regional on a regional uh, level. Lahat ng regions natin, basically. No? So, meron mga, may mga joint regional task forces and they're going to have their own uh, uh, focal persons and spokespersons also. Uh, one of whom, for, for example, in the JRPF6, uh, we have Fiscal uh, Chris Gonzalez, who is really very effective in, um, uh, you know, speaking about what's happening in this region and all that. So, uh, the NTFL-CAC Secretariat will be coming up no, with, the, with an announcement. Uh, okay. in relation to those designations. So talagang kailangan. And this is actually kasi, uh, alam mo, ang LCAC eh, I mean, ending local communist armed conflict, no? 
uh, is a multi-layered, multi-faceted talagang effort. No, hindi lang ito pwedeng sagutin ng isang Joel Ecto. No, for instance, uh, ang daming mga issues na dapat uh, uh, pag-usapan at iklaro doon sa ating mga kababayan. And we have okay. our own uh, fields of uh, sabihin na natin, no? uh, expertise sabihin na natin. Like for me, for instance, I'm in charge of uh, media engagements and I'm head now of the uh, NTFL Top Media Bureau. And the others naman, sila Yusek Badoy, sila Gerald Parlade, they have their own uh, thematic coverage uh, also no uh, we have also Yusek Jonathan Malaya uh, of the DILG is going to be the spokesperson for uh, the Barangay Development Program and L okay. LGU concerns no? and so on and so forth okay so you have specific themes and uh, each yes. region will have its own spokespersons aside from the eight of you now but is this uh, also an is this also an admission that there is a big problem when it comes to messaging coming from the NTF LCAC <laughs> I did not say that. Huh? Pero, no, no, I'm asking that. I'm asking that. Oh, pero uh, uh, this move is actually, you know, yung, uh, this is strengthening and reinvigorating the communications team no, of uh, NTF LCAP. There, are, there were gaps, of course. No? Uh, we admit that. And uh, this is uh, our way of uh, filling uh, those gaps. Eh? No? Uh, so basically, that's it. Okay, when you say filling those gaps, are you also referring to the uh, problems caused by some of the statements made by General Antonio Parlade? Uh, the states, statements made by General Parlade, you know, you know sometimes pag uh, government communicator ka or uh, your spokesman for any agency for that matter, you become too passionate about uh, what you're doing. And we understand that, no? And uh, nagkakaroon ng sometimes, so most of the time, sabi natin, misunderstanding in sending the message across. Right now, uh, nandito po tayo, ang ating media bureau, no, to, well, basically to iron out whatever deficiencies we had in the past. No? And uh, we're actually making sure that... Uh, we're we're bringing out the good news, no. We're bringing out the good news, and uh, we we just continue to move on, move forward, and continue to send the message, uh, the good message uh, to our people about what NTFL Cup is, no. Okay. And uh, well, it's flagship projects also. Okay, so you mentioned uh, some important terms here, reinvigorating the communication yeah. aspect of the NTFL Cup, and of course, ironing out certain deficiencies. So. Mm. Uh, beyond all those big big words or beneath all those big words, basically, is this a matter of uh, doing some damage control? Uh, it's not basically damage control. It's reinvigorating, ano, strengthening, strengthening. No? Uh, damage control, kasi alam naman natin, imidya linggo, there was a damage done. No? Uh, something was damaged and all that. Pero sa atin naman, is, uh, let's strengthen it, no? It's the other way around. No, uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say that uh, there was damage done. There was misunderstanding, of course. No, pero as to damage, I don't think so. Because, uh, of course, we are all entitled to our own opinions. No, sabi mo kanina, uh, some of us, even me, for, for, uh, well, in the in in in, uh, in previous uh, 
uh, years also na nandito ako sa government. Sometimes I nagiging passionate din tayo sa mga sinasabi natin. Yeah. But what matters most is beyond words, eh, no? Uh, yung mga ginagamit nating terminologies, for instance, no? Those were those are sometimes subject to different interpretation and misinterpretation. No, halimbawa, yung mga sinabi ni General Parlade before, uh, talagang taken out of context naman. Hindi naman niya sinabing diretso na ganun yung mga kaibigan natin, no? yung ating mga pro sa Senate. Uh, was... like, like, like what? Can we be specific uh, here? Uh, I, I think you're referring to the stupid remark, referring to the senators yeah, yeah, who were yeah, criticizing yeah, him. Yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Alam mo, open on na naman yan. Uh, public knowledge naman yan when he said so, that. So what was taken yeah, out man. of context there? Well, simple lang naman eh. Hindi naman yung diretso sinabi na, for, for example, si Joel Eko, stupid yan eh. Ang context kasi nun, si Joel Eko, pag ginawa niya to, eh, stupid siya. But nobody did that something eh, di ba? Uh, ito yung pinag-uusapan dyan, yung defunding ng LCAP. Di ba? Hindi naman nangyari yun eh. Nothing happened. So yun yung context nun. But uh, somehow, we have to understand na very passionate na siya. And in fact, yun yung tanong eh. Yun yung premise nung, yun yung pretext nung tanong. O sabi, uh, alam mo naman, kumbaga, I've, I've been with the video for the past uh, uh, more than uh, two decades. Sometimes sa tanong yan eh. No? Pag nadinig mo isang tanong, magre-react agad. Tapos biglang, ah, uh, oh, ganun ba? Sinabihan ba ako na ganyan, ganyan, ganyan? Eh, baka sila ang, ano, something like that. No? Pag ginawa nila yan, yun ang context ng Christian, eh. Diba? And wala namang ginawang ganun na ating mga senador. Oh, pero ibig sabihin, that, that, that was a warning coming from the senators because from the very beginning, they, they had been, they, they, already, they had these issues against the funding, the, yeah. not the funding and not, Uh, about defunding of the NTFL cap, <laughs> and they had problems with they had problems with the way uh, General Paralade had been speaking about certain issues involving the NTFL cap. So I don't think there was uh, any big misinterpretation there because he said, "Oh, if you defund this, that would be stupid." I think that was what you're referring to, de right? So he still yes, made yes. use of the term "stupid," and of course the senators were in their uh, within their rights to actually get offended. And That's if right. you notice, they were very, very careful at that time. They were just criticizing Parlade, not exactly the NTFL cap, because uh, uh, I think it's quite obvious or apparent they didn't want to offend President Duterte, who remains very popular uh, right now. Oh. That's right. That's right. That's right. My question here is that um, for all intents and purposes, this is a matter of damage control. But of course, you have your response already, no? Mm. Ayon. So, yung yung one spokesman per for for every region will they get paid out of government funds? No, 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 no. Just like us, no. Gratis at amore po ito. Okay. So when when Secretary Esperon asked me to be one of the spokesmen, no, and ano, so sinabi niya sa akin yun. Would you would you accept this? Ano? Kaya lang walang extra ito. Sabi ko yes, sir. Personal advocacy ko naman ito, and I'm also Well, very much uh, into media engagements, man. So, okay. So, your, your title is spokesman for me, mass media engagements, and uh, you'll also be the fact checker, no? What exactly yeah. will you be doing? Number one, your mass media engagement. Hindi pa parang ano yan. It's a euphemism for um, for a for, uh, for a bloated uh, bureaucracy. Ano may sabihin ng ano? Spokesman <laughs> for mass media engagements. Hindi ba trabaho yun lahat ng spokesman? <laughs> Tama yan. But uh, ito kasi, very specific yung task natin as, as media bureau head of NTFL. Ito yung bago, eh, no? ito yung novel. So we decided to 
to have this media bureau which I now had nga. Ang, ang ating uh, primary responsibility is of course to disseminate information no? as well as establishment uh, linkages with our media partners. Just like what I have been doing, we have been doing as uh, executive director of uh, the Presidential Task Force on Media Security. Uh, we have partnered with a lot of uh, media groups and organizations and media personalities uh, uh, since five years ago. And we're also tasked now with scheduling regular press briefings. And uh, we also process requests for interviews with spokespersons. No? Depending kasi ito sa information na gusto mong malaman. So I can refer you, for instance, uh, if you want uh, to know something about this particular uh, subject matter, I will refer you to uh, the spokesperson who is in charge of that. And as fact checker naman, Christian, I'd like to clarify that ito lahat, no? ang, ang atin naman training as... Uh, as a journalist kasi of course we we need to practice due diligence no ang sabi ko nga i need to get all the facts straight before we send them out to uh, uh to the people for uh, communication so ayaw natin may ma overlook no ang mga relevant facts uh and and, and, and uh, all those things kailangan so so example uh, example ng based no? Mm-hmm. Example of fact-checking, for instance, before certain uh, spokesmen or officials uh, involved in the NTF-LCAP, yeah. before they come out with any information, they have to go yeah. through you as a fact-checker. Yes, yes, that's right. They have, no, they instance, have to clear it with you? Yes, yes. They have to clear it with the media bureau, of course. No, Yung mga national spokespersons. We're, we're, uh, uh, we have a group talaga na kami magkakasama doon, so we exchange our opinions and views. O ito ang ating, uh, ito ang mga research data natin. For instance, kahapon, ano, uh, before tayo nag-issue ng statement on the Barangay Development Program funds na na-release, no? 75% na po tayo, 75%. So before naglabas ang statement si Yusef Jonathan Malaya because he's the spokesperson in charge of that, chinect muna natin lahat from the BDP Project Monitoring Office. And sabi ko, verified dito, and dito na pala even the the amount of the budget released no yung 75% is 12.3 billion already because what time manghuhula kailangan exact tayo so yun okay. yung example and uh, yeah will you also will you also fact check certain um, let's say misinformation or even disinformation uh, involved yes. in the red in the red baiting of certain people you see this in facebook posts uh, by, by by certain police stations for instance by certain government officials will they also will this also be part of your job description uh i'm principally uh, working for ntflk no masyadong malaki na yon kung mga halimbawa yung mga <laughs> police stations sa ganito may ginagawa silang ganyan but of course the, ang ating ang the example ano I'll, I'll try to be uh, clearer here for instance you know that yes. you have the ntflk it's a, it's a very hmm. wide ranging it's a very broad uh, organization, uh, basically right. coordinating body, and So under right. that, uh, you have the military. You also have the police, and of course, under the police, you have, of course, you have the PNP. That is a police, no? So, so there are certain statements coming out of certain officials in their Facebook pages, for instance, or for instance, uh, mm. General Parlad himself on his Facebook account. Will you also be fact-checking statements coming out of those uh, platforms? Well. We have to uh, distinguish first, no? Kung ano, hindi lang kasi PNP, AFP ang uh, involved dito. Uh, in fact, lahat ng uh, government agencies are on board, no? Halimbawa, so ang dami talaga niyan. Titingnan natin. So pag in-alert naman kasi tayo, well, 
Of course, no. Dike, uh, pagka nag-reach sa ating attention yan, uh, we can always uh, call up the concerned uh, commander. No, Sabihin natin na ganito, oy, paki... Ano yun nyo naman to? Ayusin nyo naman ito. Kasi I, for one, I wouldn't allow uh, disinformation and misinformation. No? Kasi very... Gusto ko diligent tayo lahat dyan sa pagpapalabas ng ating mga statements. Kung wala talagang uh, basihan yan, kung baseless yan, I, I myself wouldn't allow it. No? So sabihin lang po sa atin, kasi I, ako naman, hindi ko mamomonitor lahat ng uh, mga ma-postings nila, whether official or ano or personal. But uh, we have uh, a mechanism now uh, to, check, to check those things. Kaya ako, I'm very careful sa sabi ko sa nila, before we speak, before you Uh, agree to an interview before you say something, uh, daan, idaan muna natin sa ating media bureau at uh, pag-usapan natin yan, pag-aralan muna natin mabuti. We really have to be very careful and accurate. So, yun yung okay. ating, ano po, I hope I, uh, I answered your question. Okay. Now, where do you stand regarding uh, certain members of the media being also red-baited by people Red-tag? from this task force? Oh. Well, as uh, a matter of fact, no, Uh, we have acted on no uh, some complaints of uh, red tagging in the past. No? In fact, meron din ang task force kasi I'm also executive director of uh, the presidential task force on media security. May mga natulungan talaga tayo. We have the list actually. We have the, the case folders. At yung mga nagsumbong naman sa atin na sinasabing, uy, pero bitang anong ganito. Meron tayong pangontra dyan. And we call that red flagging. So, Nire-red flag natin. So, there was a colonel, there was a governor, yata. Basta basically uh, involved sa military no? before. And it started as early as 2017. I think we have on our inventory at least four. no Four cases ng uh, uh, quote-unquote red tagging no? na inaksyon na natin before. And they're... Can we be uh, more specific? Yes. What was the complaint exactly? How were they red-baited? Uh, And what exactly did your task force do? Yeah, uh, they came to us because eh. uh, if you really feel threatened, no, may direct threat talaga. Uh, if I'm a journalist, limbawa, tapos sinabi na, oh, si Ego connected sa ganito ganyan yan, no? uh, CPPNP, NDF, etc. Et so you feel threatened, no? so they approached us. No? Tapos, uh, ni-investigate natin yan, pinag-aaralan natin, sino sa tingin mo? No, ang uh, nag-ano sa iyo. Hindi po kasi uh, si ganito, si ganyan, ang ganitong uh, Army Division for instance, no. So kinokol natin 'yon, nire-red flag natin 'yon. So nagpapadala tayo ng letter signed by me and uh, nasabi natin there's a complaint here in our office and uh, sinasabi na, na natatakot siya basically because uh, ganito daw inilink mo sa ganitong organization. So that's how we do it actually. Did, did they stop? Yes, they stop. Yes, they stop. they stop. So nakinig naman sila sa sa inyo. Yes, nakikinig naman. Nakikinig naman sila. Okay. And uh, I I'd like to add this ano Christian ano. Uh itong sinasabi again, quote unquote, yung red tagging na sinasabi is uh we check we always check our records no, yung mga napatay na media in the country since 1986 no. And uh, so far, wala kaming nakita na well, zero incident yung ni red tag tas pinatay. I'm not saying na na forever ganun na yung yung trend ano but so far as we speak right now uh, wala kami ganun sa record na red tag mo tapos napatay yung media uh, yung okay. media worker but, but can you honestly yeah. um alert or red flag 
General Parlade who's been doing all this uh, red baiting? Well, we talk. There are a lot of things no to ano to uh, in fact mayroong specific ayoko na sabihin kasi may involved yung isang uh, kaibigan reporter natin hindi lang yung red flag ano uh, ah red red tagging may meron siyang naka naka sagutan dati na reporter ay I, I talked to the reporter mga kaibigan naman natin yan eh uh, somebody from the justice beat so i assured her na i'm taking keeping tab of of what's happening and i talked to general parlade no to find out what's really happening no and in fact balak nga sana mag coffee kami tatlo <laughs> at that time para pag-usapan no so i, I think I, you're, I, I think I you're referring to the case uh, i think you're referring to the case of Tech Torres yes, who was uh, unfairly yeah. baited by General Parlade for simply writing a story yeah. about the uh, anti-terrorism <laughs> council order arguments sinyo yun, diba Yes, I admit that. I admit that. Yes, that's that's it. That's it. Oh, I I talked to Tejo, of course. Tayo naman nag uh, justice beat naman tayo nung araw. And I explained that to General Parlade, no? Sabi ko, boss, sabi ko, General, I know I know Tejo Torres, wala naman siyang ganun ano. And, and he yielded to my ano, sabi niya, "Oh, ay ay ay, I got the same information." So, ganito yung mga classic fact checking na sinasabi natin. Okay. Uh, I I regularly talk to General Parlade and the other spokesman also. Okay, finally, uh, under Secretary Echo, don't you think having so many spokespersons, dami, di ba? Every region, aside <laughs> from the eight of you, how exactly will you unify your messaging and how do you make any distinction between uh, instances where you are speaking as a member of NTF LCAC and when you're expressing your personal opinion because this is also part of the problem? And don't you think again I'd like to go back to my original question by having so many people yeah. talking at the same time about the same advocacy of the government don't you think this also an admission that the communication so far has been a mess has been sorry has been a mess magulo a mess hindi <laughs> yeah. naman uh, again sabihin ko nga the, the two words na binanggit natin kanina reinvigorated and strengthened ano So, wala namang problema doon yung sinasabi natin maraming communicators. In fact, the other side, napakarami lalo. Every sector of the society, they have their own talking head. Diba? So, dito naman sa atin, uh, tama kapag tinignan mo kasi isa-isang sa biglang tingin, oh, yung dami-dami nyo naman. Sabi nga, eh, too many cooks, spoil the broth. Sabi ko, hindi naman ganon. It's basically one message, a thousand messengers. No? So, iisang line. Ang sabi nga kanina, ang ating ultimate goal dito is to end local communist armed conflict. And I'd like to clarify that. Local communist armed conflict with focus on armed conflict. Yun naman po ang ating uh, 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 objective dito. And how do we do that? Yun na nga po. So, what, what's the government doing in addressing the root causes of this armed conflict? So, hindi lang po ito military. I'd like to clarify that to our audience. No? Hindi po, hindi po. Pagka dinadrag tayo sa issue na ang NTFL kakay purely military, wag po kayo maniwala doon. Ako nga po, hindi naman ako member ng military and uh, most of our spokespersons are not from the military. So, multi-faceted po ito. And we have what we call 12 lines of efforts no? uh, to address uh, those uh, social issues. No? Uh, and uh, and concerns. Yung po yung message out natin. Kaya okay. very specific, thematic yung ating mga messaging. Ganun po yan. Okay. Undersecretary Joela C. Eggo, thank you for joining us this morning, sir. Thank you very much, Christian. Thank you very much. Now, some of those tagged by the Philippine government as terrorists have uh, spoken up. They say the move will cast a shadow over the future of peace talks.
We are joined by uh, Under Secretary Adrian Sugai, one of the uh, spokesmen or spokesman of the um, uh, Anti-Terrorism Council and also an Under Secretary of the Department of Justice. Good morning, sir, and thank you for joining us again on the program. Hey, good morning, Christian. Good to see you again. Good okay. morning to our viewers. Okay, so as of today, how many people have been officially designated by the uh, Anti-Terrorism Council as terrorists? Um, when we talk of individuals um, pursuant to um, resolution numbers 16 and 17 issued in February and April this year, we're talking about 29 individuals. Okay, 29. Um, 19 um, for, um, who, who, are uh, who are designated or identified as Central Committee members of the CPP and the NPA. Um, and um, there are about another 10, I understand, um, in connection with the Daesh, uh, uh, Islamiya, uh, uh, ASG affiliated groups. Okay. Now, what was the process of designation? How were, how was the ATC able to determine probable costs, which led to the uh, designation of these individuals? Like, uh, like we've been saying since yesterday, there is actually an internal mechanism for designation which is being used by the Anti-Terrorism Council. So I understand that um, all requests as well as all relevant um, information and evidence are, um, are forwarded to a technical working group and the technical working group makes its evaluation and makes the appropriate recommendations for the approval and our consideration of the council. So um, that's roughly the process. What's, what are the criteria before you determine someone as a terrorist? Well, basically we use the criteria that is, um, that is provided for under the, under the implementing rules and regulations of the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2020, and which is also found in the implementing rules and regulations of the Terrorism Financing Prevention and Suppression Act. And the, that criteria is that there is a reasonable ground of suspicions uh, supported by circumstances warranting a cautious person to believe that the proposed designee meets the requirements for designation. So that's roughly the um, criteria that is used. Um, but, but how do you? Uh, but how do you determine reasonable ground of suspicion? Isn't that a bit too loose or quite loose? Well, when we talk about reasonable ground of suspicion, actually, the, the the full definition is there's probable cause to believe, or there's probable cause that there is a reasonable ground of suspicion. So um, it's it's much like you know determining probable cause for purposes of filing criminal informations or for uh, issuance of uh, uh, warrants or for search warrants. Things like that. Although with regard to um, designation, there is a specific definition of probable cause. Which is what? Um, like I said, there's, there's a reasonable ground of suspicion supported yeah, by circumstances. Yeah, supported by circumstances. Because again, uh, we're, we're talking about this in principle first before we go to, the, to some of the names. But um, it's very important to talk about this to provide a certain measure of protection for people who might be unfairly designated as terrorists. So again, how do you determine that reasonable ground? Isn't that too broad? Well, you know, uh, well, what happens is that there there is an, uh, evidence and information which is gathered, uh, like 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 it is stated in the um, resolution, 
that this is information gathered by the National Intelligence um, Committee. Um, this is, uh, as it was stated in the in the resolution, as well as uh, as stated by the Vice Chairman of the Anti-Terrorism Council, um, NSA, um, Herman Esperon. Um, this is based on verified and validated information. So there's there's evidence, there's information, there's intelligence inform intelligence information. So. How, how, how do you validate the, the, the information coming from these agencies? When well, you say validated information, how exactly was the information validated? Um, as far as I know, it's, it, it's, it would be the same as, you would, uh, as, as the validation conducted or evaluation conducted, like, for instance, during preliminary investigation. So, you know, you go through the evidence, you see, you weigh the probative value, you look at the authenticity of the evidence, you, you look in, into the authenticity of the information. So, you know, these are the things um, that, uh, you know, that are, that are done, um, okay. as far as I know, in order to arrive at the evaluation and the recommendations. You mentioned the technical working group within the uh, Anti-Terrorism Council. Who are the members of this TWG? According to the internal mechanism, that is, uh, there are three members, representatives from the um, Anti-Money Laundering Council, the National Security Council, as well as the Department of Justice. What are the levels of designation? Are, there, are, are these undersecretaries, secretary level, ano sila? Um, hindi, naman, hindi naman yan required, or there's no specific requirement under the, the internal uh, guidelines or internal mechanism. Um, so long as the like, uh, so long as the report is properly done and it is submitted to for the consideration of the council, it's really up to the council to uh, approve or to adopt the recommendations. So within the council, you have the technical working group, and the technical working group receives pieces of evidence coming from the different agencies attached to the ATC. Is that correct? It's it's primarily coming from the National Intelligence uh, Committee or from the. Are you are you referring to the NICA? Are you referring to the NICA? Yes, yes, but there is a committee. I understand. Okay, so the NICA is the first clearinghouse. Yes. And then you have the technical working group. Yes. As another clearinghouse. Yes. And then everything will have to be approved by the ATC. Yes. So you have an all-powerful committee within the committee, within the council, which is the technical working group. Can that be can that be seen as such? Well, you know, um, whatever recommendations the, the that committee or the TWG makes, it's always subject to the recommendation, subject to the consideration and approval of the council. They can they can actually just ignore it completely and and and, and decide on their own or, or make their own evaluation. So now this twenty nine this twenty nine uh, names that have been designated uh, as terrorists and published subsequently. Uh, were this all part of the recommendations coming from the TWG and then adopted in total by the council? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, you mentioned an internal mechanism. One problem here is that, uh, again, we're talking about this issue in principle. There's no chance for a person who might be designated to express his or her side. Unlike, in, uh, for example, in a preliminary investigation at the prosecution level. Well, at the prosecutor's level. Yes. Well, you know, Christian, you know, designation, like I, I, I explained the last time we spoke, I think it was last year, you know, designation yeah. is primarily, and you've always been saying this, it's primarily for, for purposes of uh, going after assets or seizing assets or freezing assets for a period of 20 days um, on the part of the ANIC. It's really a preventive measure 
um, you know, I, I guess the Congress determined that you know the, this 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 remedy or this this uh, this is this uh, this action is available on the part of the executive or on the part of the state, maybe in order to immediately curtail um, you know the uh, funding of terrorist terroristic activities or. Um, I suppose what the intelligence community or the security sector deems as a um, threatened terrorist attack. So it's it's an immediate and it's uh, it's supposed to be an immediate remedy. So um, after the you know you're issued the designation um, resolution is issued and after the assets are frozen, the the, the designee can always um, file a petition for delisting, a verified petition for delisting. And may also, of course, may al always um, go to court and seek judicial remedy. But the first remedy will have to come from the ATC. Yes. And before you can actually make use of that remedy, your assets were frozen already. Because, I, I, again, the problem here, I think, is that uh, we cannot always assume good faith. Of course, we have to assume good faith. But, of course, a lot of things can also be politicized, for instance, and can uh, certain mechanisms can be used to to abuse power. So in this case, what are the safeguards for a person in case he or she is designated or before he can actually be designated? Is there any safeguard? Because even if you're talking about just the freezing of assets, that would have a very strong impact on a lot of people. Imagine freezing their assets for 20 days at least. Well, you know, Christian, like I said, we would like to think that there are enough uh, um, standards or safeguards provided for um, not just in the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2020, but also under the Terrorism Financing Prevention and Suppression Act. No? You know, like, well, I suppose maybe for the information of our viewers, this, this, this concept of designation is not new. It's actually um, provided for under the Terrorism uh, uh, Prevention and Suppression uh, Act, which, is, which, which has been in place, I understand, since 2012. So, um, I, I, I suppose Congress deems it necessary to, to have something like this in place in order to prevent uh, the terroristic activities or the financing of terrorist activities. If Congress determines that this is really more important um, and this is, this is a weightier uh, consideration on the part of the state and, 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 um, and deems, uh, deems it necessary or deems it necessary to have this in place, and to just give the the but proposed designee the opportunity to question it after, after. this order, oh. then well, you know, which is a problem. That, 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 oh. That's why I go back to the question: What are the safeguards? Well, number are one, are there any safeguards? Yes, of course. You know, you, you can't just designate. There are there is a process uh, stated in the law. There is a process outlined in the law. And, and second, you know, there's, there's always, you know, that opportunity to question. Um, and, you know, uh, Christian, the ATC is an interagency um, uh, council. You know, there are so many members in the ATC. So, you know, um, we, we would like to think that these, these, these members, particularly the cabinet secretaries, you know, will, will want to really ensure that all information are really verified and validated before they make any resolution. Um, for designation. But that so, is assuming good faith and the performance of, uh, and regularity in the performance of their duties. But these are political uh, positions. Well, you they're, know, not court, they're not a court of law. 
Well, you know, Christian, there, there will always be that issue. And I guess that's what the courts are there for. But in the meantime, Congress has determined that this is the way to go. This is the way to address uh, an issue as pernicious and as urgent as terrorism. So uh, it, it is what it is. It's, it's what's in the law. And if Congress determines, determines it should be that way, it's really up to the courts, particularly to the Supreme Court, um, with regard to the current pending petitions for the uh, against the Anti-Terrorism Act of 2020. Yeah, unfortunately, 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 the Congress yeah. exercised its prerogatives um, in a proper way. Yeah, unfortunately, you're left to respond to these questions uh, when, in fact, it's Congress who made this decision. Uh, again, uh, for instance, what is the process involved when, when a person has been unfairly designated, wants to be delisted? Walk us through the process. Okay, you can actually file under the rules, you can actually file a verified uh, petition for delisting that can be filed with the ATC. It's a request for delisting. Um, and you know, you can question the, the 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 reason why you were designated in the first place. Maybe you can ask for the basis for the designation. Um, these are matters that may be maybe may be done by a a designee who feels that you know there was improper designation as far as he's concerned. The designee may also go to court, may also question it. Um, he may file the necessary action against the uh, anti-terrorism council, you know, seeking a setting aside of the designation or the resolution for designation against this okay. person. If a person has been designated as a terrorist by the anti-terrorism council and he decides to go to the ATC to have himself delisted, won't he be exposing himself to the ATC and for a possible arrest? Um, again, you know, this, this this question of arrest has been coming up, you know, it's been, it's been cropping up with regard to the matter of designation. Um, allow us to make it very clear again, designation is really for purposes of freezing assets. A yeah. person may only be arrested um, for violation of the Anti-Terror Act, you know, when he is caught, you know, in flagrante delicto, or if a criminal complaint that has been filed against him under for violation of section any, anywhere from sections four to twelve of the Anti-Terror Act, um, you know, designation, Christian designation alone, it is our position is not sufficient um, to result in the arrest of the designated person. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. I think based on our previous interview last year, also made that uh, quite clear. But the context of my question is this. Uh, in terms of a person designated exposing himself to possible arrest because you have other members of the ATC who could come up with just about every reason to justify an arrest. And with that exposure triggered by the designation and the publishing of the name, won't that put that person in a very unfair uh, uh, position? Well, you know, again, this is where the courts come in. If you know, if there is, if there is, if you, a person feels aggrieved by any action on the part of the ATC or any members of the ATC or maybe any any members of our law enforcement agencies, then then the, the courts are always there. And you know, it's it's that's 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 the right of any person who feels aggrieved by any action on the part of the state. But in the meantime, damage has been done. Your assets have been frozen, and perhaps you've been detained for up to 24 days. Again, we go back to the, you know, to our original position. You know, the designation—it's—it's it's not a process that is, you know, 
that is done in a in a in a, in a summary manner. In, it's, it's, you go through a whole process. You validate information. You go through evidence. There are mechanisms in place, and the law sets standards. You know, I I, I you know I would like to think, and I I guess we will all just have to presume because that the law is is what it is that the Anti-Terrorism Council will exercise its mandate properly and will ensure that all resolutions for designation are sufficiently anchored. Okay, how long did it take for the ATC to come up with this latest list? For example, let's focus on the 19 uh, designated terrorists linked to the CPP and PA. Um, most of those names were actually excluded from the prescription petition by the government. I think there are only two names left. So how come most of those names were still included in the designation list? Well, Christian, as far as I know, this list was submitted um, to the ATC for its consideration um, last February. Now, um, whether you know uh, as to how long um, the list was compiled, as to how you know the kind you know um, how long the National Intelligence um, Committee or the National Intelligence Coordinating Agency has had this list. Or the National Security Council. Well, it's 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 uh, it's it's, uh, it's information that's not that's not available to me right now. Okay. Finally, Under Secretary Sugai, when is the next list coming out? Um, there there is uh, no information on that yet. But there is yeah. the next uh, meeting of the Anti-Terrorism Council will be towards the latter part of this month. The agenda okay. has not yet been discussed. Okay, Under Secretary and Adrian Sugai, thank you for joining us this morning, sir. Thank you, Christian. Good morning. Good morning. And that's our program for today. I'm Christian Esguera. You can listen to this interview again on the ANC Matters of Fact podcast, available in Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. You can also get other exclusive content on ANC's YouTube channel. Thank you very much for watching us this morning.